Robert Durst has been indicted for murder in the death of his former wife, Kathy, who disappeared in 1982. Kathy's family and friends have fought tirelessly to get justice for her. Durst, 78, was charged by a Westchester County grand jury in an indictment for murder. Durst was also recently convicted of the murder of his friend, Susan Berman. He was also tried and acquitted of the murder of his neighbor, Morris Black. He was convicted of dismembering Black's body and served five years in prison. Hey everybody, welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie. Hello. How's it going? Oh, it's going good. Glad to hear it. Yeah. I've been deeply down a rabbit hole on our case today. Yeah. Feeling a little cross-eyed, actually. <laughs> it's just... There's so much movement in all of our cases right now that... Uh, Guys... I... Yeah, it's keeping me. <laughs> the keeping true crime world is blowing up right now. Which so is I had the really to ask awesome. what I was making for dinner, and I'm like, <laughs> uh, true crime soup. I hope yeah. you like it. I'm busy, baby. There's too much going on. Yeah. Yeah, there really, really is. There really is. So today, this is our Wednesday case, and we are going to talk about Robert Durst. Yes. And the murder of his wife, Kathy, that actually happened in 1982. We're actually going to talk a lot about Robert Durst and the other crimes he has committed as well. Yeah. Um, but this is a Kathy McCormick Durst's family and friends have fought tirelessly since she mm-hmm. disappeared in 1982. Her body has never been found. And this is a huge victory for them, for him yeah. to finally be charged. Yes. Durst is 78. Before he died. Yeah. Before he died. He's 78. wanted to see him before he leaves the planet. Yeah. Exactly. He has already been convicted of first-degree murder of his dear friend Susan Berman. Yeah. And is in prison currently. Mm -hmm. So we're going to just kind of walk you through the weird, wacky, creepy, screwed-up world of Robert Durst. Because the dude is sketchy. Mm-hmm. So would you what, like a word from our sponsor first? Yes, I would. You're right. I'm getting ahead of myself and we do. You're just excited. Word. I am excited <laughs> because I have put a lot of time into this. God damn it. Uh, it's also just, it's very interesting. And yeah. It's one of those cases that reminds you that our criminal justice system is screwed up because if you've got money, you can get away with a lot of bullshit. Mm-hmm. But before that, We do need a word from our sponsor. Mm -hmm. Support for True Crime Paranormal is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in below-the-waist grooming and hygiene. Ladies, listen up. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for you and your man's jewels. For any women out there who have come across a hairy bush, you're now in luck. Manscaped, the men, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, have just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. Yes, the 4.0. 
Make sure your man joins the 2 million men worldwide who already trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping. That matters here at True Crime Paranormal. With the code True Crime Paranormal at manscaped.com. A Redditor recently shared a story about her friend who decided to shave while his parents weren't home. So he threw his leg up onto the bathroom sink and gave it a go. Somehow he lost his balance, fell, and really caused a dire injury with the razor. Knowing uh, by the amount of blood he was losing that uh, things were serious, he wrapped himself up the best he could in a hand towel, threw on a pair of sweatpants, and headed for the emergency room. When he got to the emergency room and they took a look at the damage, it was immediately determined that they would have to remove one testicle. So he went straight into surgery. In the meantime, his mother returned home. He was gone. There was a trail of blood from his car all the way into his bathroom where there was a lot of blood. So she called the sheriff. And the sheriff (laughs) came because she got there. She was looking at a crime scene. So she called the sheriff, the sheriff came, checked it out, uh, saw the razors, the hair in the sink, and said, I wonder. So he called the hospital and said, have you had any shaving injuries come in? And they said, yes, he is in surgery as we speak. So his parents made it to the hospital to, uh, you know, mourn the the amputated nut. And there you go. I, it's very unfortunate that he didn't know about the lawnmower 4.0. Right. All would have been well. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code True Crime Paranormal at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code True Crime Paranormal. Experience premium grooming with Manscaped. Also, no one lost a nut in the making of this commercial. And with that being said, speaking of someone who needs to lose a nut or two, let's uh, talk yeah. about Durst. Let's, let's talk about Robert Durst. You've probably heard his name and his family's name. Mm-hmm. So Robert Durst was born on April 12th of 1943 in New York City. He is the oldest of four children. And his father uh, was real estate magnate Seymour Durst. The Dursts are now considered billionaires. They own lots of real estate, particularly office buildings in New York City. Okay. So when Robert was seven, his mother died of, at the time, what was called a fall from the roof of the family's Scarsdale home. It was a clearly fall, a suicide. Yeah. But they said she fell. You know, there wasn't really a lot of question about Wait. what the hell was she doing up on the roof at night. He um, was how old? Seven. So maybe we give him a pass on that one. Okay. Well, no, no, no. That's how it was actually reported in the news. No, I mean, it just... You can't help but wonder with as many other people as he's killed if uh, he did this one too. But he was only oh, seven. Oh, I so. got you. Yes. I I think he clearly did not commit this one. Yeah. He swears that right before she jumped from the roof, his father 
walked him to a window so that he could see her standing on the roof and that he actually witnessed her jump oh. off the roof. Yeah. Neat people. Wow. Yeah. If that tells you anything about his childhood, you know, of course, grew up with a silver spoon, you know, never wanted for anything. Also, never had to work for anything. Mm-hmm. Um, he and his siblings, particularly his brother, Douglas, had to go through counseling for what was called sibling rivalry. Of course, they are the heirs to this huge, uh, you know, real estate business. And so there was a lot of competition. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, clearly, you know, not healthy fostering of relationships in this family. So No. When he was 10, a psychiatrist that evaluated him wrote in their report that he had personality decomposition, personality disorder. Mm-hmm. And possibly schizophrenia. At 10? At 10. But this was three years after his mother's death. Yeah. So. In high school, he was known as a loner. Didn't really have a lot of friends. Just didn't really connect with other people well at all. Uh, he did go through college. And while he, he, after getting his bachelor's degree at Lehigh University, he went on to uh, University of California in Los Angeles. He didn't stay there and actually complete his degree, but he met his best friend, Susan Berman, at that time. Oh. So super important because you're going to see why as we go yeah. along here. So in 1973, he marries his first wife, Kathy McCormack. She was a dental hygienist, and she was in medical school. They, well, no, she hadn't started medical school. She was, she did start medical school eventually. They were, they were running a little health food store that he started, which is what he wanted to do. He really had no interest in the real estate business at all. He didn't (laughs) want to do it, but he was the oldest child. And so, of course, his dad wanted him to do it. Yeah. And... Eventually, his dad talks him into selling the uh, health food store and moving back to New York to work at the family business. Uh And so he and his wife, Kathy, they uh, do that. They move back to New York and he's working in the family business. Although um, in some of the interviews with him, he talks about that he had all different kinds of fancy titles, but he didn't really do anything. Uh He was mostly just sort of halfway present and got paid. Mm -hmm. Um, eventually he had a lot of trouble with his brother, uh, Douglas, because he wasn't showing up and they actually fired him from the family business eventually. Wow. His brother, Douglas, actually was given, uh, the, the family business, control of the family business instead of Robert, Mm -hmm. because Robert didn't care, you know, and Douglas did. Um, there was a huge family rift over that. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, um, Robert sued the family over it, and he received a settlement of $65 million. Wow. And that's pretty much just what he lived on for mm-hmm. the rest of his life. Like, he didn't really do anything else mm-hmm. except for hide out and kill people. Uh, well, uh, there is did, that. There is that. 
for a while, his brother Douglas actually had hired a bodyguard to protect him because Robert had made some pretty significant threats against him. So in 1980, Robert and Kathy separate. She's asking for a divorce. Um, mm -hmm. Things are not good with them at all. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't want to give her a divorce. She asks him for a settlement that he does not want to pay. Um, unfortunately, this leads to her disappearance. Mm -hmm. So on January 31st of 1982, Kathy goes to a party in Connecticut um, with that was held by her friend uh, Gilberta Najami. She, while she's there, she gets a call from Robert and gets upset, and they have an argument on the phone. And she leaves and says that she has to go back home. Before she leaves, she goes to her friend, Gilberta, and she says, if something happens to me, you will check it out, right? I'm afraid of what Bobby will do. Wow. So basically, the story that gets told is that she comes home, and this is all very sanitized and told by Durst. Of course. That they argue, and then she says she wants to go into the city. They had an apartment in, in Manhattan, and she was in medical school at this point. She was in her fourth year of medical school and was, you know, doing her residency. And so she needed to go back to the city. He sure. wouldn't let her take a car because she'd been drinking and also because he was just a controlling jackass, frankly. Mm -hmm. And so he said that he took her to a train station. And dropped her off and that she was going to take a train into the city. He said that he talked to her after she got to their apartment. And that things seemed fine. And that was the last time he ever heard from her or saw her. Oh, how convenient. Yes, very convenient, right? Family, friends. I mean, she just stopped showing up to school. She's a fourth year medical student. Right. She's you not don't just not show up. Yeah. Right. You don't. And of course, her friend Gilberta is really worried and goes to the police yeah. and they just blow her off. Finally, after no one has seen or spoken to her in four or five days, Robert reports her missing. And again, you know, he just sort of makes it off like we've been fighting, we're getting mm -hmm. a divorce. You know, and so what do yeah. they do? They decide she's just run off. Of course. While of course. in medical school. Like all these did. silly women do. Yeah. Right. So ridiculous. So they do not investigate this. They My consider God. it a missing person. They just don't. They don't search his house. They don't look at his phone records to see if the phone calls he said she made were even true. Somebody called um, on that Monday to the medical school and said she was sick and wasn't going to be in that day. Um. It's believed now that that was probably Susan Berman that made that phone call. Yeah. And that Susan uh, helped Robert through this whole situation mm -hmm. and became his spokesperson. Because, of course, you know, this is a we're talking rich people here. Also, yeah. apparently 
Kathy was well known for being beautiful. And so all of the news headlines at the time that she went missing, beautiful young wife missing, flaxen haired beauty, blah, blah, blah. It, it's gross. Mm-hmm. It's super duper gross. Okay. Yeah. But they find nothing. And Kathy just disappears into nothing. Oh. Because they really never even looked for her. They didn't even try. <clears throat> yeah. They treated it like she just ran off because she was mad at her husband and that was it. Well, she never turned up. Nothing yeah. ever turned up, right? So in 2000, investigators in Westchester County, New York, which is where um, she was last for sure seen before getting on the train that there is no proof she ever even took. Mm-hmm. They reopened the case into her disappearance. And okay. police decide they're at the behest of some of uh, Kathy's friends. They say, please go talk to Susan Berman. She's Robert's best friend. You know, mm-hmm. if anybody knows anything, it's her. And so the police are planning to go out there to talk to her. And, and actually the local police do talk to her. Mm-hmm. And then she is found in her home in Benedict uh, Canyon, California, shot to death execution style on December 24th in 2000. My God. And of course they question Robert again, but it goes Mm -hmm. nowhere. Yeah. Uh, You know, but a lot of people are like, are you kidding me? They were about to question her. Yeah. There were a lot of things going on with her at that time. I mean, this is exactly what it looks like. I mean, that's right. Not that hard. No, it isn't that hard at all. And she was really struggling at the time, had actually borrowed a ton of money, including $50,000 from Robert. Mm -hmm. And she was telling her friends she was about to break a huge story. Susan Berman was the daughter of a mobster in Las Vegas. And they thought it had to do with the mob because she'd done, she was a writer and a journalist and she'd done a lot of writing about the mob. People now think that maybe she was going to tell the Kathy Durr story because Uh, she needed something, you know? mm -hmm. Uh, But we don't know for sure. Yeah. So again, this murder just goes completely unsolved. In 2001, Kathy Durst is declared dead. Her body's never found, but she's been gone for nearly 20 years. Yeah. And so the family asks for her to be declared dead. And then they immediately start suing Robert uh, Durst for her death. Yeah. They try to sue him several times. It's never successful. Um, Also, though, in 2001, on October 9th, Robert Durst is arrested and charged with the murder of Morris Black, who was a neighbor of his, because at this point, Durst is living in Galveston, Texas. He basically took off and decided to disappear. When they reopen the case, uh-huh. he gets scared and he uh-huh. takes off. And so he's living, if you can freaking believe this, he's living in an apartment in Galveston, Texas, and he is disguised as a deaf mute woman. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. 
so he's like, this is how scared he is that they're looking mm-hmm. for him. And so the the landlord believes that the apartment is rented by a deaf mute woman who travels a lot for work. Does that seem odd to anyone? <laughs> odd to me. Pierce later said that he knew that he couldn't disguise his voice. Mm-hmm. And that's why he had to be mute. And he just Holy threw God. in deaf because it seemed to fit. This dude, let me tell you. So he got to be friends with Morris Black, who was a neighbor of his in the apartment complex where he lived. Morris Black was well known for being one difficult cranky old dude he was always mad at somebody for something Mm -hmm. um but you know durst has never been someone who has great social skills either so they Mm kind of got to be friends sure well he basically reveals to morris black that you know after a short amount of time that he is in fact not a deaf mute woman (laughs) and that he is robert durst and that he just didn't want to be robert durst anymore and so this is all being told, of course, by Durst right. in a bunch of interviews that he's done mm-hmm. because Morris is dead. Well, clearly. Yeah. But it does make you wonder if Morris got a little too curious about who Durst was mm-hmm. or maybe was going to tell somebody who Durst was because he had revealed his actual identity to Morris Black. Mm-hmm. Or Durst just got paranoid. Yeah. Yeah. Very well could be because Durst. Okay. So somebody finds a torso floating (laughs) in Galveston Bay. Somebody just finds a torso like you do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so they go looking and they find a bunch of other body parts floating in black plastic bags. Oh, my God. So they eventually identify... The body is Morris Black. Mm-hmm. They um, become pretty quickly suspicious of Durst. They figure out who Durst is, of course. And they start looking into Durst and they're like, oh, holy crap. He's already, you know, been uh, considered a suspect in his wife's murder. You know, he's he's probably mm-hmm. the person who did this. So they arrest him and they charge him with the murder of Morris Black. Mm-hmm. They set his bond at $250,000. Huh. Easy peasy. Right. The detective says, you know, we've set your bond at $250,000. Do you have that kind of money? And he said, well, not on me. (laughs) So, right. I know. I'm like, you're such a jackass. He is Mm -hmm. such a jackass. Yeah. So he makes a phone call. To his current wife. So now after. uh, Let me get you his name. Because I just blanked on it. He now is married to someone else. So after he comes out of the deaf mute uh, woman closet. I guess he's married to this woman. That they don't appear to actually really be in a relationship like this Uh seems more like some kind of business transaction to help him protect his money Ah. and I'm still blanking on her name I will find it when I 
as soon as I can and I will tell you her name. But anyway, he calls her mm-hmm. and within by the next morning, his money has arrived and he is bonded out. Well, they just assume that he's going to show up for court, you know, of course, he's been charged with murder. He's such a stand up guy. Why wouldn't he? Well, and he's just a rich guy. He's going to show up, you know, all rich guys are good guys, right? Jesus Christ, you guys. Okay. So no, he does not show up. He goes on the lamb. (laughs) He had court on October 16th. And he took off. Let me guess. He's dressed up as a blind chihuahua living in Kentucky? (laughs) Right. He was kind of, you know, disguising himself. Durst is really his own worst enemy in so many ways, though. Mm-hmm. Because he was apprehended on November 30th of that same year, 2001, in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And the reason that he was apprehended is because he tried to shoplift a chicken sandwich and a couple of other things. Oh, my God. And he was busted by the store he was in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, of course, they figure out who he is. Mm-hmm. He was going by the name Morris Black, and he had Morris Black's driver's license. What? Because, you know, I guess that's what you do when you kill somebody. The, Re- take over their identity? I guess. The person who you're doing court to uh, defend yourself over? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wow. we're not talking criminal mastermind here. We really aren't. Um, there've just been a lot of, you know, looking, overlooking things because, you know, he's just wealthy and he's just a little eccentric or a little bit completely wackadoodle. So he goes to trial. So of course they hold him in jail after that, and it takes Weird. two years for yeah. him to go to trial on the murder of Morris Black. So his lawyers say that he committed this murder in self-defense. <laughs> which um here's the big problem when they charge him they charge him with murder and they don't you know a lot of times when you see somebody charged with murder you'll also see a manslaughter charge in there you'll see a second degree murder in there that kind of thing right. so that the jury kind of can decide you know right. what burden of proof did the prosecution meet Oh, no, they only charged him with murder. Oh. Well, the jury comes back with, they totally believe he did it, but they don't think it was first degree. Mm-hmm. And because they have not met the burden of proof for first degree, he is acquitted. Oh, for God's murder. sake. However, Durst has admitted to actually dismembering him, So Mm -hmm. they charge him with the dismemberment and he is Mm -hmm. sentenced to five years in prison. So he'd already done two awaiting trial. So he does three more. Mm -hmm. Uh, So also at this time, Durst's lawyers kind of start thinking that something's a little off with this guy. So they have a psychological evaluation in which they diagnose him with Asperger's syndrome. And they do try to use 
this diagnosis as part of the reason for the murder of Morris. Oh, which pisses me off. Poor shit. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of people on this planet with Asperger's. It certainly doesn't make murderers. Yeah. In fact, far from that's just horrible. That that is awful. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely awful. So in 2005, he is paroled, but he immediately violates the terms of his parole because he goes back to visit the home where he killed Morris Black, <laughs> and he goes back to jail for a couple of years. Just like what? So then in 2010, there is a film called All Good Things. And this film is a fictionalized version of his life, including uh, what happened to his wife, Kathy. Uh. Well, this gets him super interested in, because Durst loves attention, man. He loves being in the limelight. So he starts giving these interviews with the um, director of the film and talking to him and telling him some things about his life and admitting that not everything that he said happened happened. And, you know, there's some stuff that mm-hmm. in there that makes you really question. So then in 2015, the documentary which i have been binging today it's called the jinx the life and deaths of robert durst comes out on hbo well it kind of spun out of his conversations with these with the directors of the film all good things mm-hmm. and against his attorney's um recommendations and his wife's recommendations he tells them all kinds of stuff so i watched a bunch <laughs> of it So he's just enjoying this immensely. Very much so. He admits that he lied to the police um, about the circumstances leading up to Kathy's disappearance. Mm -hmm. That he just says, well, I just told them whatever they needed to hear so that they wouldn't think it was me. I don't know. So it's almost like he did all of this not thinking there would be any consequences for this. Or just doesn't care? Just maybe. I don't know. It's worth the trade-off. Um, I, he's just not right. He's not. And I'll yeah. tell you something. If you watch the jinx, when Robert Berman talks, if he tells a lie, he does this after the lie. He blinks really hard. Really? Every time he lies, he blinks really hard. Wow. I watched it over and over again, and I pointed it out to Rhonda. I'm like, watch it. Watch this guy. Every time he lies, he blinks really hard. And he does. Because Interesting. Now I'm doing it. Oh, damn it. <laughs> right. He's talking about things in the in this uh, documentary that uh, we now know are lies. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you can verify it. He has a very clear tell mm-hmm. when he's lying. So all of this kind of makes the police go, well, maybe we ought to be looking into this jackass again. Weird. Yeah. Weird, weird. So right after the Jinx airs, it it air it premieres on HBO on February eighth of two thousand fifteen. So on March 9th of two thousand fifteen, the Los Angeles District Attorney reopens the Susan Berman murder investigation because there are literally there's evidence revealed in the Jinx, mm-hmm. including someone sent a letter to the police in Los Angeles. That 
alert that was telling them that there was a cadaver at the address of Susan's house. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> apparently, because even though he had to kill her, he didn't want her to uh, have to sit there and rot in her own house, I guess. I don't know. Um, he actually talks about it in the jinx and, you know, basically implies that it was him. So, um, they, FBI arrests him on March 14th of 2015 mm-hmm. for the murder of Susan Berman. Um, he was at this point, um, <laughs> in a New Orleans hotel. I don't know what he was dressed <laughs> as this time, but I'm sure something because he was always on the run. <laughs> Uh, yeah. at this point, the FBI was concerned that he was going to try to flee the FBI or flee the country mm-hmm. because the jinx had all, had finally finished airing all six episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was, um, he did have falsified, um, identification and stuff with him when they oh. arrested him, I'm sure which made it look like he was trying to, you know, use, he, he used mm-hmm. a lot of different, um, aliases all throughout his life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, let's see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things that happens um, in the jinx at the end is that he's caught on an open mic at the end when he doesn't know that they're recording him. And he says, there it is. You're caught. What the hell did I do? Killed them all, of course. And he says all this off camera, but they have the uh, video or they have the audio. Yeah. They didn't know at the time that they even had it, but found it in editing. So he uh, waives his right to extradition. Mm -hmm. And so then they take him to Los Angeles to face charges. Um, but the New Orleans police were considering filing weapons charges against him because, you know, he was always packing weapons and not just always doing illegal shit. Yeah. He just was getting away with, well, you know, sometimes, for his whole life. Yeah. I mean, he did minor jail time, but yeah, clearly he was just going to do whatever he wanted. Yeah. Come what may. Yeah. He, he definitely did. Um, but he... So they charge him with Kathy's murder. So they charge him with Kathy's murder. They get him back into California. And in February of 2017, during a a hearing, um, one of Durst's friends, Nick Chauvin, said that Robert had actually confessed to him that he did kill Susan Berman. Wow. Yeah. So in October of 2018, a judge ruled that there was enough evidence to try him for her her murder. Mm-hmm. So he was arraigned in November 2018. He pled not guilty. <laughs> and because. Okay. So of course he did. Yeah. Right. So he was supposed to be tried in September of 2019. But of course, you know, we had COVID. 
And then there were troubles with his attorney's schedules. And there was so much evidence to get through that they didn't actually try him until uh, this year. Wow. Yeah. He did agree to a bench trial without a jury. Hmm. Um, so it did finally go to jail. Go to jail. Go to trial. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh in August of 2021, in September, he was convicted of Susan Berman's murder. Oh, so that just happened. It just happened. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's why this is relevant, even though this is a really, it feels like an old case. It isn't. He was just. Just convicted. Um, he was just convicted in September mm-hmm. and was sentenced to life in prison without a chance of uh, parole. That seems wise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At this point, let's hang on to him. I mean, so, that could only be a few years at this point. So, right, he's seventy-eight. Yeah, and uh, he's not looking so great. To be perfectly well, honest, yeah. but in prison, you know, yeah, not not great for old rich guys. So, on October nineteenth of twenty twenty-one, he was charged with murder in Kathleen Durst's death. Or disappearance, I guess, is what mm-hmm. it is at this point. They fully believe that she is dead. They have looked and looked and looked for her body. Um, they have not found it. But at this point, they do feel like they have enough to take him to trial mm-hmm. on her murder. Which would just be a miracle for whoever's left in yeah. her family, you know. Yeah. Because there has been a lot of pressure placed on the system, mm-hmm. you know, over the years, not that it really helped, frankly. Yeah. Um, but they do believe that he killed Susan Berman to prevent her from incriminating him. Yeah. In, in her death, uh, that when they reopened it in 2000, that's why he had to kill her. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> During the trial of the murder of Susan Berman, he testified that he didn't kill Susan or Kathy. But when he was cross-examined, he did say that even if he had, he would have lied about it and said he didn't. <laughs> yeah. This sure. guy. Okay. My God. But, you know, Kathy Durst's disappearance is a very famous unsolved true crime case. And it looks like it might actually get a solution here. Mm-hmm. Along with Susan Berman, you know, mm-hmm. Susan Berman, who had been his friend and supported him and tried to help him through most of his adult life. Yeah. And, you know, got killed for it. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll keep an eye on his trial. Yeah. And we'll update you as it yeah. goes forward. Yeah. Um, but go watch the Jinx, some... really. Go watch his video. Go watch the. Go yeah. watch those uh, interviews with him and watch him blink really hard every time he lies. <laughs> it's right there. This is, it's really sad because he's been allowed to be, you know, some people call him a serial killer. I don't know that he really is a serial killer, really, because he was not, he's not a cold blooded kill people for murder, you know, kill people for the sake of killing them kind of person. It's right. more like, when people get in his way, then he must right. remove them. Well, as far as we know. 
It, yeah, as far maybe as there's know. more murders around him that we don't know about. Right. And 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 we don't know for sure. That's 100 percent. um Very true that we don't mm-hmm. know. Wow. But at this point, at least Susan Berman's family. Can have some. Some peace, at least. And hopefully uh, Kathy's Kathy Durst family as well. And, you know, Morris Black. I don't know what to say about that. That's so bizarre. Um, yeah. But it's pretty clear that he did also kill him. Mm-hmm. So, if you've been seeing things about Robert Durst in the mo- in the um, in the news, that's why. Mm-hmm. Go watch the Jinx. It's incredibly interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and just watching him, all the interviews with him, he is a strange little dude. <laughs> um, and yeah. It's just one of those. This has been one of those true crime conundrums about Kathy Durst that has been around for yeah. nearly 40 years. Wow, I'm so happy for her family. Yeah, um, I am too. I am that too. are still here, surely. Yeah. Yeah, at least maybe there's going to be a little justice for her and for Susan Berman, mm-hmm. you know, because you, you apparently you don't cross Robert Durst without getting killed. Yeah. But Sounds at the like same it. time, he's a big chicken. <laughs> you know, like he's a real. Yeah. There's there's a real conundrum there that you know yes. he's gonna kill people that get in his way, but also he's gonna he's gonna use frankly some absolutely terrible disguises and terrible aliases. He's mm-hmm. he's not a criminal mastermind, mm-hmm. but his name and his money, man, mm-hmm. he's gotten away yeah. with a whole lot. I heard he used aliases like Harry Butts and no. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. There were there are quite a few, but none of them really make any sense at all. But to mm-hmm. use Morris Black after he <laughs> just killed him and was on the run for from being tried for his death, yeah. like seriously, like and that's had the best his could driver's do. license, like mm-hmm. dude, yeah. So I okay. hope you enjoyed that. It's it's a very interesting story. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad. <laughs> uh, this is our Wednesday case, so we will be back yeah. tonight with our case updates. Huge there are menti, men, menti, menti, menti. So, uh, you know, be sure to join us at 7 p.m. Mountain tonight. Mm-hmm. We will be live streaming on YouTube, Facebook, and Spoon mm-hmm. to uh, give you all a shot at uh, hearing what all's going on. We're going to update a whole bunch of cases. We will be back tomorrow, tomorrow, Thursday at 7 p.m. Mountain for the Psychic Hour. Yep. It is the first Thursday in November. It is. So you know what that means? It's marching orders. Indeed. That will be very fun. And we'll probably have some pop-ups this weekend. So yeah. as always, stay tuned. We have lots more good stuff coming. You know, we will. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Well, you know it. We are True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. Thanks for being here. Take care.